now tuned in to the tap in. Talking again, we talking again. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. My talk a little shit, get a little brash. My drink a little bit, smoke a little bit. Vibe a little bit, laugh a little bit. Yeah. Host the buffer down. Tell it like it is, only tell it rare. Live every Tuesday, you know the deal. Talking again, we talking again. Now tuned in to the tap in. What's up, brother? This is Fidel Avenatti Jr. Talking Again Podcast. I'm here once again on another episode. I believe this is Tap 62, 63, maybe. 63, I think. Something like that. I feel like deja vu, but yeah, 63 <laughs> sounds right to me. <laughs> I'm here with none other than. Joel Gonzalez. Joel Maurilio. Maurilio. I'm sorry, Maurilio. I forgot the M. The M Gonzalez, yeah. yeah. So if you guys don't know, I fucked up. We had like a 45-minute like gold conversation, and it just... We are it, literally talking again after <laughs> a good 45-minute conversation. But, I don't know what happened, but the everything went out. Audio went out. Everything went out. Video didn't record. Right. And you know what's funny, though? Because before, before you noticed that what we were just saying, that... Like again, we say the enemy, but things are always gonna try to come in and mess up with your peace and your mojo. Yeah. Like we, why get upset about it, bro? Like That's whatever. True. I'm right. hanging out with a homeboy. We're kill- we're chilling. We're, we're drinking some whiskey. Some loose right here, but some Boom. Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Oh, we had, we had cra- some stogies. Craving the fast life. Crave the fast life. Ava- uh, oh my god. Crave the fast life available on Amazon Prime. Salud. So there you go. Every time you hear that, take a shot. Yeah. Not us. Ooh. You. Yeah, yeah, you guys, because oof, this is so strong. <laughs> this is already our, yeah, we've been at this for a while now. But um, that was full. That was full. Yeah. So, you know, Dang. Buffalo and then we Trace. started some cigars too, but they, they, we're having a little uh, wind issue in here, so we decided. You to, know what? That's the podcast game. That's what it is. I guess that's what happens. That's what it is. But um, we touched on a lot of things, mm-hmm. and um, I I hate to do it, but I mean, we're gonna have to like. Try to see if we can. What was the core? What was the core? The, there? the, the core of this was passion. Passion. Yeah. There passion. You go. Passion. It was. It was. Uh, it was doing what we love to do. It was. Exactly. It was keeping that faith. You know. Like exactly. Being humble. Yeah. I think that's what it was. So I All think right, we'll, show's we'll, done, we'll, bro. We'll go, off of, we'll go off. We'll go that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys watch the tap room. That's what we talked <laughs> that's about. That's what we talked about it. No, but really, uh, I don't want to mess it up. But man, Joel, you've been a great friend of mine. I appreciate um, it, man. Likewise. You know, uh, you're a film producer. You're the the pit master of Tenny's Craft Brewing, or I'm sorry, Tenny's Craft Barbecue Brew. Maybe one day. Ooh, yeah, now one, you got me a new one idea. Day, <laughs> one day, uh, Tenny's Craft Barbecue. Um, you're the president of Nosotros. Nosotros. You yeah. know, and we touched a lot about the group Nosotros and and what it does and what it provides. Yeah. You know, so if you can. Yeah. Well, look, Nosotros you know, again. Uh, what mentioned was you know founded by Ricardo Montalban. If you guys are old enough to remember him from Fantasy Island growing up, if you're not, he's just this iconic Hollywood figure, like a Frank Sinatra, a Sammy Davis Jr. He was the quintessential Mexican gentleman that he was. He founded this organization in 1970 because he was tired of the stereotypes that Mexicans were playing in movies. Him himself right. was playing the gigolo or, or womanizer. You know, um, and he fought for diversity, inclusion and inclusion before they were the buzzwords that they are today. Like to now we have like, you know, Black Lives Matter and all these other organizations that are doing that. He was doing that in that, you know, in the 1970s yeah. when he was trying to speak out at, at the loss of his own career because his career, you know, he got blacklisted for yeah. a long time because of that. So this organization is going on 50 years this year. Um I am the president of that organization. I'm, I'm just like, when we talk about passion, I'm just, I'm passionate and excited about, 
you know, what I get to do as the organization's president. We do showcases and workshops and masterclasses with the different studios and networks. Um, and I think one of the main things we hit on was what's, what, what's important to me is that we as Latinos or Latinx or whatever we want to call ourselves nowadays is that we don't stereotype ourselves and we don't continue to allow ourselves to be stereotyped, yeah. you know, by the, the, the films that get made about us. So there's this hashtag, not nothing about us without us mm. like we have to be involved in the writing and development of those projects so like like uh like so if you're a content creator or a director uh you know i'm sorry his name again Luis Ziga. Lu yeah what was it Luis Ziga yeah Luis. yeah so Luis. Yeah. like another example it's like go out there create your own films tell your stories but tell them in a way that even if you got to tell a story from the hood that's okay but tell it in a different way just change it up so that middle america knows who we are and that we come in different like, different layers and you know what I mean it's just important for yeah. me it's it's really important that we that's the message that we drive home so you know I, I shared with you that Netflix just gave us a $75,000 grant as an organization to work with them so that they have our organization in the rooms with them when they're developing new content about yeah. Latinos mm -hmm. so that we can really say hey that's really not capturing the Latino voice right. or maybe that's the voice from East LA but it's not the voice from El Monte, right? You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. two different types or of voices. West Covina. Or West Covina. Yeah. Right. So we come in different layers. So I, I think it's really important for us as content creators to really kind of like help to change that narrative. So, so when when you say you talk about that deal that you guys got with Netflix, yeah. Uh that allows you to be in the in the room, in the boardroom. Yeah, they want the, us in, in the, the room. They want room. they want us in the writer's room. They want your opinion. They yeah. want your guys' input. You exactly. Know? Exactly. They want to know what we hear, what we think about the screenplays that they're going to run by us, uh, screeners of shows that they've already shot, um, even working with uh, with their casting. Right. Because we're an actor's organization. Primarily, we have over 5000 members nationwide. We're a national organization. We are the oldest Latino arts organization in the country. We work with organizations like uh, National Hispanic Media Coalition, NHMC, NALIP, which stands for the National Association of Independent Latino Producers. Yeah. So all of our, these organizations, we're, we've been out there for decades now. But the primary goal is to enhance and improve the image of Latinos in media and how we're seen and portrayed, right? Yeah. So what Netflix is doing, right, because they had this kind of roundtable with us and I spoke up. I was just like, look, there's a couple shows on there that I feel like the writing is lazy. I feel it doesn't portray me. You know what I mean? Um, I'm a lighter Latino just because I'm a lighter doesn't mean, you know what I mean? That I don't have stories. I grew up in Watts. You know what I mean? So it's like we, we're on we're, we don't all look like this and we don't all talk like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that was important. Mm -hmm. So I think they saw value in that. And um, and uh, based on the history of the organization. Yeah, they stepped up, man. And I, I, I respect them for that because yeah. they're like, OK, we're not just going to talk about it. We're going to be about it. We're going to be about it. So they offered us a grant to participate with them. Um, and, and development of new projects and stuff. Yeah. So pretty what, excited about that. What are some of the some some of the benefits that people can gain from being part of uh, Nosotros, a group, you know, Nosotros? Well, you know, if you're an actor, if you're an actor, you know, we do a lot of a uh, lot of master classes with casting directors. Uh, we do a lot of network uh, showcases. We have one right now that we just wrapped up called um, Yatu Savas Monologue Slab. Um, you know, NBC wanted a different type of showcase. A showcase is basically where an actor. You know, a studio put on a showcase where they get a bunch, they open it up to a bunch of actors. You read a bunch of like what they're called monologues and you perform in front of a, an, an audience. Right. Yeah. And NBC was like, we're tired of doing that. So yeah. can you guys come up with something different? So we decided to call it like an underground monologue slam where we did it on the rooftop at the Ricardo Montalban Theater in Hollywood. Right. 
and where we had this like na- national, like we reached out to like we we open call nationally. Mm-hmm. We had writers, Latino writers, submit two minute monologues. So instead of going out there and finding material that's already been written, we we were given a chance to writers to submit two minutes of your best monologues, right? They submitted those, and then we we chose those from like executives from NBC and different uh, and different uh, um, actors, uh, ambassadors that we have like Nick Gonzalez from The Good Doctor, Melissa Barrera from uh, In the Heights, which is coming out. Mm-hmm. She's one of our ambassadors as well. So they picked the best monologues, and now we open it up to actors. So we had over six hundred actors submit, wow. actually worldwide. Wow, it was crazy. Um, from all types of different backgrounds of uh, Latino, right, and um. Latin back background. So we've narrowed that down. So this showcase, unfortunately, because we couldn't do it live on the theater, we're going to pre-record it at the theater on the rooftop. We're going to film it like a production. Um, the actors are going to be performing and then we're going to stream it live on Facebook oh, wow. with Facebook watch as one of our partners mm-hmm. on that. So that's just one of the, some of the things that we do, but as, as an actor, you participate in workshops, master classes. Um, sometimes we'll get special casting notices. Um, you can actually join Nosotros for free at nosotrosorg.com for a free membership and just be updated on the things that we have going on. And we have a lot of free uh, events that happen virtually too now. Um, but then you can actually pay for a membership, which is, I think at the, 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 the it's $60 or $99, mm-hmm. right? And each one gives you a little bit different benefits. Yeah. But at that point, I tell people you're not buying a membership, you're investing in yourself and you're actually investing in, in your community because I don't get paid for this, right? None of my board gets paid for this. All the money that we make goes back into the programs that we develop and then the youth programs that we do as well so yeah you know it kind of pays back so even with this whole pandemic and and all this social distancing uh-huh. like us right here we're yeah social we're really six feet apart no, we're still about we've been tested we, we measured it yeah and plus the whiskey kills everything yeah i'm just kidding no <laughs> <laughs> that'd be nice though. yeah right um you guys have been able to maintain it you know you know you're you're, we had you're to rolling pivot, rolling with the punches right we had to pivot bro because this year august 16th sunday august 16th this year would have been our 50th anniversary yeah and the very first Golden Eagle Awards uh, is which the award show was the first Latino award show. Um, you can look it up. It's where the first Latino award show was in August 16th, 1970 at the Hollywood Bowl. Wow. Ricardo Montalban hosted it with people like Frank Sinatra, Lucille Ball, Desi Arnaz, Charlton Heston. A lot of your young people are like, who? <laughs> These are some big names in Hollywood, okay? Big names. Big, big names. names. So at, at the Hollywood Bowl, bro. So we were, our plan was, and we had it. We already booked the the W Hotel in Hollywood, the rooftop. We we're going to have an after party. Yeah. We we're going to do the award show at the theater, at the Ricardo Montalban Theater on Vine and uh, right off of Sunset and between Sunset and Hollywood. So we had this beautiful show planned, bro. Beautiful yeah. show. And and then COVID hit. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah. but we, like we were talking earlier, man, things happen for a reason. I think we had to really pivot and really, really refocus. Um, and since our organization has always run kind of like uh, in the grassroots, because of these other organizations I have, they have bigger boards, right. they have bigger financing, yeah. bigger sponsors. We don't. Right. And although we're one of the oldest it, we went through a, a dormant time when Ricardo passed away. So when I stepped in as president, I spent the last 10, 11 years now rebuilding the organization with a strong board that I have now. So we weren't aff- affected as much because we were already doing stuff with very little money anyways. Mm. So 
other than our award show being kind of like canceled this year, we, you know, the board that I have and the committee members that I have, they're so into in, to the social media and man, we just pivoted. If you look at our branding and Nosotros Org on Instagram, I mean, the branding is on point. I mean, the, the videos are on point. So I'm actually, it challenged us, bro. And I yeah. think we came out of it. Like you said, we came out of it stronger Yeah, as an organization. Nice. So I'm pretty proud of that. That's good. Yeah. Now I'm sorry. I don't know when uh, Ricardo passed. Right, 2009, I believe. 2009. So, so then you took over right after. I came in. I think around. And I'm trying to, you know, and it could be the bourbon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to say I came in right about 2010, late 2010, almost 2011. So right after his passing. Yeah, I want, but see, I could be wrong. I think, and you know, and you think I would know that, but it's right now, honestly. (laughs) I think I don't remember. Again, sorry, we we lost about 45 minutes (laughs) earlier. I think it was 2009. (laughs) But yeah, so I came in, the organization was kind of um, just a small group of people that were meeting once a week and stuff. And I was working at the Paley Center for Media in Beverly Hills uh, as an associate programming director. And they asked me to come in and, uh, yeah. So yeah, I think it was around 2010, late 2010, 2011. So yeah, it's been about 20, 10 years, about 10 mm. years now going on 11 years now. So did we're... you ever get to meet, you know, you got to meet. I met Ricardo, Ricardo once, but okay. I wasn't part of the organization. I was in high school and we oh, came wow. to an event where nosotros was doing a play and like in a sea of handshakes, I got to shake his hand. Mm. But I have I ever personally met and talked to him? No. Yeah. But I made it a point to learn as, and research as much as I could, although I can't remember his death <laughs> date yeah. right now. Um, he has a book that he wrote called uh, Reflections, um, and I optioned the book as well through through the foundation. So I'm seeing about republishing that book because it's so reflective of today's times now. Um but no, I never got to meet him, man. But mm. you got to know a lot about him through through what he's written, articles that I've read about him, articles that he himself has written um, for like, uh, he wrote a, like a really nice article on this faith magazine because he was a devout a Catholic. Yeah. And he he talked about this one period in his life, which was really dark about how he, being away from his family and the power of prayer. And I remember reading that article and I felt even more connected to the guy. Mm. You know what I mean? So never met him, but definitely, I think in spirit, you know, yeah. got to meet him and stuff. And I'm honored. I'm honored that I get to carry on that legacy, not for myself, but for the organization. And I always tell people that it's not about me. It's about the organization. So yeah. anything that any decision that gets made for the organization is for what's going to benefit the organization, not me. And that's why I've been very protective for, for so long and it isn't until the last three years that I've allowed other board members to really step up and take more leadership mm-hmm. roles because I've seen what the wrong people leading the organization turned it into. And I, I you know, and I met, I spent 10 years of my life, you know, yeah. working at rebuilding this. I don't want it to see it go to waste. You know What's well, I mean? hard, like, you know, a lot of people get that little bit of, a little bit of fame, a little bit of power yeah. and, then, and then, you know, things change, man. You know, like people, people start acting a little different, acting you know, it different. happens, you know, I've seen it. Yeah. I've been in a board, but, a lot smaller than that, you yeah. know, just a little league board of yeah. baseball, and and people get, you know, they, everybody gets their power trips. It's ego. We all have egos. You can't yeah. say that you can't say you don't have an ego because everybody has an ego. Right. But you know, I think I mentioned this earlier too in part one. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, mentioned this was that you know I always ask myself, am I doing this right now? Am I feeling this way? Is it the benefit the organization or is going to benefit me? Right. And that's my filter. You know, and that takes maturity. That takes discipline. And not that I'm a very disciplined person, but that's one of the things I've learned. I check myself. Right. Yeah. I'm real with myself. I'm like, okay, why am I feeling this way? Mm, you know what? It's vain. It's it's vanity right now. This isn't about. It isn't about there. It's about me right now. So I check myself. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, and luckily I have a board that are just as passionate and ambitious as I am. 
and real with themselves as, as I am. So that's how I think we've been able to turn the organization yeah. around in the last few years. So would you, you would say that, you know, you're doing okay as, as far as filling in shoes, right? Big shoes to fill <sighs> with Ricardo? Uh, humbly, I would hope I would. I yeah. would hope. I think if anything, you know, I would want, and I always talk about like, hey, I want to step, I'm going to eventually step down. Right. You know? I, I mean, but I want to step down knowing that I'm leaving the organization in good hands, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I would hope that I would. I hope that I am. You know, I hope that, you know, this magical moment where Ricardo appears in his white suit and says, Joel, you're doing a great job. You know, that'd be great. Yeah. You know, or Ho Joel. Joel, right? <laughs> um, but I've met I've met his his daughter, his, mm, his okay. daughter, um, you know, and has paid me nice compliments after last year's award show that we did do the 49th annual Golden Eagle Awards. Um she didn't attend, but she heard from her husband, Gil Smith, who runs the Ricardo Montalban Foundation and the theater. Yeah. And him and I become great uh, partners mm -hmm. in, 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 in carrying on Ricardo's name. Right. So he's complimented me. So, you know, it, it means a lot to me. I take that very, I, I take that very like with heavy weight when somebody yeah. compliments me that because I know it's a responsibility I have. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Have you thought of, uh, have you put a lot of thought into as far as, because you have the rights to his book or the book that he wrote um, mm -hmm. uh, as far as making the movie, would it be like a docu kind of movie or, or, or theatrical or theater, yeah, I, you know, uh, or like a docu, yeah, like a documentary, yeah, yeah. you know, I have the, cause I have the rights to his, uh, I, I, so again, the foundation uh, licensed me the rights as well to do uh, either a film or, or a television series or a documentary. Um, and again, there's a lot more to this guy than just fantasy Island, right? Like the, mm -hmm. he, he had, you know, treacherous years of being a Mexican working in, in classic Hollywood, you know, mm. in the forties and fifties, right. Sixties. Um, so, you know, he broke his back on an MGM movie and was, you know, and no one knew he was out in the woods. I mean, out in the desert, um, they were firing off cannons for the next scene and he was out practicing on his horse and the horse threw him and he broke his back. He had to wow. crawl himself basically back to set. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then after that, MGM dropped him because he couldn't longer dance for them. You know what I mean? Wow. So like, there's a lot to that story. So I see the movie, you know, and he has a beautiful love story between him and his wife as well. So I'm still trying to figure that out. So yeah. I'm not in a big rush. I want, I was in a big rush and we mm -hmm. talked about it earlier yeah. how sometimes we put pressure on ourselves and I say, you know what? I'm still figuring it out. I mean, I read, I has, I've read and reread his book. I've read so many articles on him. You know, I have his family members that I've talked to. I'm still trying to find the right story and the right writer right because as a producer yeah. i'm not going to write it i'm not going to direct it i'm trying to find the right partners whether it be a production company or a bigger production company um to help me find the narrative so it might be it's like a netflix show maybe it's like a 12-part miniseries you know what i mean or 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 maybe it is a two-hour movie so right. i don't know yet so that's yeah. what i'm still trying to figure out right yeah, sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a stressful fun. It's stressful fun. Stressful. But uh, like you say, you're you're taking your time with it. You're not you're not putting yourself, you know, into so much pressure into and doing that. You know, like yeah, you know, exactly. You know, work on your own pace. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, because like we said, you know, well, we, on the other one uh, was uh, when we take that passion and that love that we have for the certain mm -hmm. project, we it, it tends to come out a lot better. Yeah. 10 times better than it probably would have came well, out. Well, we talked about your podcast, right? Like, why are you doing this, right? right? You know, it's like you're doing this because you enjoy doing this, right? right? You're not doing it for the numbers. You're not doing it for no. any other reason because yeah. this is what gives, this is your hobby that you've turned into a passionate project that you do. Right. And I think anything that we do, whether it's the filmmaking, whether it's podcasts or whether it's the barbecue of why I started Tenny's Craft Barbecue was because I just found something that intrigued me 
like so many people barbecue mm-hmm. is like it is america's cuisine if you think about it, there's french cuisine there's italian cuisine middle eastern cuisine america's cuisine is barbecue it's cooking on an open smoke open open pit fire pit or offset smoker it is america's cuisine and that to me from a producing standpoint because i'm a creative person like i take this raw piece of meat this brisket that for years was a meat that was discarded or was given to even the slaves at the time right because yeah. they're like oh this isn't a prime a prime piece of meat yeah and to turn it into render it into this juicy piece of meat that yeah. you had right like right. that is so delicious right i just found that so intriguing to me so i just I mean, my wife calls me like a bookworm. Like when I get fixated on something, I want to learn about it. I want to learn about it. So I went down that rabbit hole with barbecue, but I got to a point. I think you witnessed this when I was doing the pop-ups every weekend at all the breweries and stuff. I was, it wasn't fun anymore, dude. Old Stunt Brewing. Old Stunt Brewery, right? You were there, right? That's what I saw when I was like, oh, he's just not the same guy anymore. Yeah. Well, I was like, he's really busy. I can't talk to him anymore. Yeah. 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 I remember (laughs) when you were at Arrow, you'd come over and talk and everything. Yeah, I would just chit-chat, you know, you're having a good time. But at at Old Stunt, you're like, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I think it's because I just, at that point, um, I was finally doing it the way I wanted to do it because at that prior to that, I had a partner. A partner in the sense of like we were working together because he wanted to do pop-ups and I wanted to do pop-ups. But I was... Again, being being the producer, if he wants to handle more of the heavy load of the barbecue, I was like, okay, you handle that. I'll handle everything else. But then it wasn't fun for me because I wasn't getting able to do the barbecue. Yeah. And that was so, that was a, the reason why you got into it, you know? Right. So at that point, I had to really uh, ask myself what's important to me. And it was like, I just want to be able to cook the barbecue, enjoy it, and not have the pressure. Mind you, look, you're going to feel pressure anything. You're cooking for 20 people. You're cooking for 300 people. Right. It's pressure. Mm-hmm. But- that's how you manage that pressure, right? So for me, it just wasn't, I didn't want to do it as a business. And I'm not saying like I got it like that, but I wasn't doing it for the money, yeah. right? I was doing it because I want, I enjoy seeing somebody, when I slice up that brisket and I give it to them and then they take that first bite and they're just like, whoa. Yeah. That to me was priceless, right? Yeah. So I went back to that. So that's why I only do it maybe once a month um twice a month if i have the time um i'm going to be at old stump brewery actually on november sunday november 15th sunday november 15th i'll be at old stump brewery um because their patio finally got officially reopened so they're they invited me to come out there nice so um i'll be doing i didn't do anything this month well actually wait a minute no i did something last week it was more personal for my family but i had a couple extra briskets that have been dry aging so i was like you know what i'm gonna go ahead and cook them and and I just, I threw it up on Instagram. Like, hey, I had a couple extra briskets. If people want to pick up some meat. Dude, I had like all these DMs. And I was like, wow. Like, it, I a little nervous bracket. I was like, crap, because I just turned the family thing into like this. And my wife's going to get mad at me. <laughs> but I was like, babe, look, I'm just going to do 25 orders and that's it. Yeah. And, uh, and I had more than that. But she was like, that's it. And I was like, that's it. I promise. <laughs> and I had people like, okay, I got to go outside. There's somebody outside. I got to go take the bag out to them. Right. I had the, yeah. everything already carved up and everything for them and stuff. But it was nice to think that people were like, yeah, dude, I love your barbecue. Oh, and I'm yeah. always waiting for when you're going to pop up. And to this date, bro, I still get calls on Yelp from Yelp. Really? Like, hey, are you open? Are you open? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a pop-up. So I told you the story. I was like, I was looking into getting a restaurant or opening a restaurant because I found this spot. But the, the person that owned it, like first they were open to it, then they weren't open to it. Then they wanted to sublease it to me. And but then I went and hung out with a buddy of mine who has Rosie's barbecue in North, not Northridge. Yeah, Northridge. And I got to hang out with him for two Fridays in a row. And I got the real taste of what it is to run a restaurant. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, dude, this uh, is a lot of work. 
a lot of work. But I think we talked about that in the tap room. I was like, no, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. Because I have to make the decision that this is all I'm going to do. And right now, I'm too, Nosotros is my priority. You know, the filmmaking stuff is still taking off, right? With my barbecue show that I'm going to do with the University of North Carolina. And I have another movie in development for that I'm going to shoot in Texas. So not ready yet. Yeah. But I'm still investing in like I'm building another smoker. You know what I mean? Right. A more customized smoker with a, like a smokehouse and everything. And where I'm going to store it, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at your driveway. My driveway's got, nice. I'm thinking you got a lot of room in here. So it might fit right here. It might fit right here. So, but lead everything with passion, bro. Because if you're not passionate about it, then why do it? Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I mean, we're, I'm not like we're old, old timers, but man, I think we're, we're mature enough to know, like, yeah, if it's not going to, if it's, if it's, I'm not excited about it, why do it? Yeah. And I think we live in such an age now where people are living by these likes. Yeah. It's like, but are you really happy? Yeah. Well, forget the likes, but like, as far as prioritizing all your passions, everything that you're, you know, that, you, that you're doing right now, all your projects, um, we obviously have to pay the bills. Yeah. We got to pay the bills. That's that's number one for me. Always number one for exactly. me. Exactly. Exactly. So have you been able to prioritize? And I'm not going to put you on the spot, but if you want to prioritize it right now, go ahead and do so. As far as like nosotros, the producing, the barbecue. No, you're not putting it on the spot. But that's a good question. That's yeah. actually a really good question. I... Have to for me as a man that's that you know, hombre. Oh, by the way, Crave, Crave the, fast, the life fast Life on Amazon Prime. Please watch it. It was a drinking game. We've already way ahead of you guys. <laughs> <Take a shot. laughs> this is it. Wow. Salud, salud. Salud. It's good. It's good. <laughs> oh my god, I just went woo. <laughs> <You did. laughs> I did. That's gonna be forever. So he's gonna make a meme out of that. I'll put it on a replay on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> and I did it again. <laughs> and I did it again. Um, you know, I'm just blessed to have an awesome wife, man. You know what I mean? And, you know, she, I'm not saying like, you know, she's the breadwinner. No, I'm not saying that either. Yeah. But, you know, um, growing up, I mean, growing up, when I was younger and I was raising my kids, you know, I had to always take a job. I had to have, had to, I had to have the nine to five job, right? Production is fortune or famine. You have good months and you have bad months. But I knew that's what I wanted to do. So yeah. I left a good paying job and I just dove 100% into that. At the same time, I was building up Nosotros. So now I'm at a point now where Nosotros, although it doesn't pay me, it pays me in other ways because it leverages me as I get, I get you know, uh, opportunities through, you know, people know me as a producer and also as president. So I'll get offered jobs. Yeah. Excuse me. Jobs that way. Yeah. But you're right. I still have to, for me, it's important to be able to bring in income. So the last couple of films that I've done have done well, right? And some of those particularly have been movies where I've raised the financing. So therefore I actually benefit what's called in the back end, mm -hmm. right? Other times they're just jobs for hire. They pay me up front. But what a lot of young filmmakers do is like, oh yeah, uh, we'll, they fall for the, we'll pay you in the back end, points in the back end if the yeah. movie ever makes money. You're never going to see that money, dude. Right. Unless you're in control of the money, you ain't never going to see that money. <laughs> and I learned that lesson quick. Because yeah. right, there was a couple movies where you actually asked me before the tap room, this other uh, producer I used to work with, yeah. like it was the same thing. He's like, hey, help me make these movies. I'll pay you money in the back end. You know, he paid me a little bit up front. Those movies made money for him. They didn't make money for me. Yeah. So I learned that. If anything, I learned that from him. Like mm. now when I get hired for a movie, I have a standard rate that I get paid or I ask for. And if it's not, then I negotiate better, right? right? So 
to answer your question, my priority is being able to produce films that generate revenue for me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or generate projects that I'll get hired. Like I just did a, I just did a, a, a season of America's Top Dog for A&E, right? Mm -hmm. right? So I, I produced that with them. Um, then the North Carolina barbecue, right? Yeah. Uh, series docu series I'm going to do with for Amazon. That was me creating my own job, right? I went out there for a barbecue camp because I was wanting to learn more about bar North Carolina barbecue, which is very different from Texas barbecue. And the director of the program had a thought, had always wanted to make a show or a documentary. And then I thought like, oh, I have a couple ideas. So yeah. we connected. And I wrote up a proposal and I presented it to the university and the university basically funded this budget that I proposed to them. Yeah. And so I've now just created my job for the next year. I mean, it covers my year's salary and I'm, and I'm getting to produce this 12 episodes of this documentary on North Carolina barbecue. So I get literally get to go, you know, it, it, it's going to focus on the agriculture uh, of North Carolina, right? But with the with the the barbecue being like the vehicle that we tell the story with yeah, the right. story with, right? So I get to go eat barbecue <laughs> for like however long, yeah. you know, for probably a couple months. Different Ho restaurants. Hopefully three months. Hopefully three months, right? <laughs> and I'm getting paid to do it because yeah. I created my own job, yeah. right? I'm getting to hire my friends, right? People that I know that are really good at what they do. Uh, so I created it. So my priority is always trying to find something, not so much where. I'm going to like, it's mine, right? It's just leveraging the opportunities to create another opportunity. Yeah. But honestly, when I, when I found that when I don't focus so much on, now get it, you have to provide for your family. You have to worry about that. Right. But I know I just found that when I kind of just let it go, trusting and putting it out. And I, for me, it's putting out the God and knowing what, where my heart is. Right. Things seem to work out. They seem to come along like this job for America's top dog. I didn't necessarily need the job because of the money from the North Carolina project came through. The other movie came through. I just had September to kill. And oddly enough, my name came up and somebody came up and I was like, "Hi, oh, you know, I could use X amount of money this year, this month, because I wanted to buy my truck. Yeah. <laughs> right. We were talking about, yeah, yeah. I was like, but I don't want to touch that money yet. And then I have the blue, I get this job offer yeah. for A&E. It's for America's top dog. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. Right. I'd never yeah, yeah. done a reality series. How does that come up? That, 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 you know, that opportunity where you like, it's bro, so away from like what you normally do. Bro, that's what I'm telling you. Um, I tell people, man. And again, I'm always going to go back to my faith. God takes you on the most beautiful scenic routes when you let him drive. Bro. Yeah. And you just got to trust. You just got to trust. And I know that sounds cliche, <laughs> but I have no other explanation for it other than I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I just, I know that I've been blessed that way and I always give back the glory to him and think, man, I've just been blessed that way. So when you produce this, this gig, the America's top dog, you did it. Cause like, Oh, it's fucking, it's, I was one gonna, of, gonna, I was one of many producers just to okay. be clear on that. Yeah. I was one right. of many producers on the but show. You're like, yeah. this is going to pay good. I'm going to do it. Cause you know, whatever. Or what did you have? Did you make the time of it? I had a like, good time, right? Because I was mainly you know, like, I was mainly overlooking a lot of the production end, the safety, yeah. health and safety as well for the crew because of COVID. Oh, making sure 160 crew members and cast members were kept safe. I brought in I brought in Jr. to help oh, me yeah. as one of my officers as well. I brought in a, a, a couple of people from my board. I actually met somebody that I I'd, I'd been talking to through another producing group and brought her in, and she did a great nice. job. So we had fun. We were the best department of that whole production. People nice. love coming to our trailer nice. because. They were like, yeah, you guys are awesome, right? Yeah. And I just made fun of it because I didn't take it as serious as other producers. And I'll give you an example. There was a couple of infighting of like bad talking behind, like, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so. 
And then you would talk to so-and-so and they would talk about so-and-so. And I hate that. Yeah. Save that dragon drama for your mama, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be a part of yeah. that. So at one point, my department, we had cleaned up this major mess they had with the COVID compliance stuff that they had. And we were getting like, you know, um, one of these producers was just, you know, bitching about the the overtime that my, my team was doing. Yeah. And I stood my ground. I was like, either you pay them or we walk. Yeah. And we walked for the day. And I had the, the network from New York call me and say, what do I have to do to make sure you guys don't walk and you come back to the production? I'm like, just pay my team their overtime. She was basically like, well, do you produce? She was trying to like milk me like, do you want to produce more with us? And I'm like, oh, that's great. And Danny, we can talk about that stuff. But all I'm asking for, this isn't a pissing contest. For me, it was just, just pay my crew their overtime. Yeah. Because I, I was on a base rate that I negotiated beforehand. Yeah. And you know I negotiated that really well. Yeah. Right? But I just wanted to make sure my team got paid for the overtime they were putting in. So again, I'm looking out for my team. And I, for me, like I think I said this earlier, if you live your life with your fist closed, yeah. you're never going to give and you're never going to receive. Mm-hmm. I live like this. Yeah. Any resource or any opportunity that I have, I open it up to my friends. Friends meaning people that I know are professionals in the industry that I know that will do a good job right. with me. Right. I open it up to them. You know, and that sometimes it's not reciprocal because sometimes they get opportunity. Or people have gotten opportunities and forget. But, but it's okay because somehow, some way, I'm, I always come out okay on it. I don't know what it, I know what it is. I know what it is, and and I and I and I call upon that all the time. But I've just learned not to stress about it because stressing about it doesn't get me anywhere. Right. So um, again, so yeah, that job came and went in one month, dude. It was beautiful. Yeah. You know, it was a great job. It was a good opportunity. We were shooting out in uh, in Santa Clarita. No, I'm sorry. Um, what is it? No, Simi Valley. Oh yeah, Simi Valley. And um, it's season two comes out, I think, next uh, next uh, after the new year, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, so it was cool. It was yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. So so this is season two that you produced. We, no, we season two and three. Oh, two. And we three. shot two and three at the same time. Nice. Yeah. yeah. yeah season two and three. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. it'll be it'll be out. So the so next two. So next season two will be out next year. And then whenever they release season three. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool. It's fun. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like you, you're having fun. You're doing what you like to do. Uh-huh. It's just like you, you, you'll take on different challenges, you know. These are some of the, I've had conversations with you about it. You know, when you're out there barbecuing, I, uh-huh. I went out there to your house. Yeah, yeah, you came out there when I was, yeah. And those are some of the things. That I was sleeping by my barbecue. Pit. Sleeping, <laughs> literally sleeping by his barbecue. With uh, one eye open, though. I was yeah, making right. sure the fire was still yeah, on. Yeah, making sure. <laughs> Which is a big thing, right? Oh, like, yeah. Making sure yeah, that yeah. it's the right So I shouldn't be really sleeping. I was like relaxing next yeah. to my barbecue. I wasn't yeah. my, my, my. I was pit. trying to throw your game off by bringing some beer. And, yeah, you know, and I think at off. that point I was like, cause I had I, I I learned my lesson. Don't drink when I'm when I'm cooking because it's like I then I lose track of what yeah, I'm yeah. doing and stuff. But um, I'm sorry, right. you were asking me a question. I, I drink the rest of it. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> no, but no, I'm just saying like like those sort of things that one some of the reasons why I like and you know, I talking to you, conversating mm-hmm. because you give me that fuel, that energy of like, don't take it so so serious. You know, like yeah. you you do things because you like to do them. And don't don't put too much pressure on yourself, you know. And, and mind you, that's a learned behavior because yeah. it, I've always I have I've been I have been hard on myself, and I can still get hard on myself. And you know, and it takes having the right people in your life, you know. And again, you know, uh, kudos to our wives. You know, I know we've talked about our wives, and I think they're very similar in that where they call us. They they yeah. they. It's like being in church, bro. They they tell us the truth. They call it out. Like right. they call us out on it. And she's like, "You're too hard on yourself." And for years, I was, and I still can be from time to time but i've gotten better at checking myself being real with myself okay why am i feeling this way okay i'm feeling this way because of this okay let's take a knee slow down reassess 
you know, and that takes maturity. That takes discipline. Not that I'm a disciplined person, but I, I feel like I've gotten better in that area. Yeah. And I am the kind of guy that I took a writing class just to take a writing class. I didn't take it. I never got a degree in anything. I just could, didn't have the time, didn't have the money. I had two kids to raise. I didn't, I couldn't go to college. Right. Full time. Right. Right. And, and for years I would knock myself on that. But then I look at guys and people or people that I know that did do that. And then they're still searching for themselves now. And I'm like, well, I think I found myself already, yeah. you know, but they're barely finding themselves or now they're like, what does it all mean? I'm, I went to law school and I don't want to be a lawyer, yeah. you know, but they got the money to live off of. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But I think, again, the point I'm trying to make is I used to be like said jack of all trades, master of none. That mm. used to be an insult to me. But now I take it as a compliment because, yeah, I know barbecue, you know, I'm in the cigars now. Want to learn about bourbon? Learning some I'm do, learning the stuff I want to learn, okay. And I'm doing the things. And again, faith without action has no strength. You can want to. Tr- oh, I, I'd love to do this. I love to do that. I love to learn how to play the guitar. Well, go out and buy yourself a damn guitar yeah. and take a lesson. Yeah. What's stopping you? Mm-hmm. They got apps for that now. Yeah. So the only difference between you doing something, thinking about something. And doing it is that one little action in between. And that's the one thing that I, I feel that when I want to do something or I want to learn about something, I just do it. Now, mind you, it doesn't always work out, mm-hmm. but at least I've tried it. And at least I can go to my grave thinking, hey, well, I've always wanted to do this and I tried it. So here is something where like I wanted to learn about barbecue. But now I've incorporated barbecue into my other passion, which is filmmaking or creating stuff. So now I'm getting to do it and then getting paid to do it too. Yeah. So... Find your passion, as cliche as that may be, and just do, just honestly, Nike commercial, bro. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Well, when I saw your post about you doing a document, a docu-series, mm-hmm. that North Carolina one, mm-hmm. I was like, God, this is right up his alley. He's, so he's being able to do the thing that he normally does that pays his bills mm-hmm. and he loves to do it, but it's also with barbecue. That's another thing yeah. that he loves to do. Yeah. So it's like, blessed, it's probably going to be the best job of his life. Blessed, blessed, right? blessed. And, and, okay, so then besides that, I'll even give you a little, another little tidbit here, yeah. here with you, right? With Fidel, tidbits with Fidel. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to do a show called Bark and Char, right? Bark and, and Char. Char, which is Bark is from barbecue and then right. Char from grilling, mm-hmm. right? And actually, I, did, I got that name from a buddy of mine. But I want to do a show more on L.A. barbecue, Texas style barbecue. So I'm going to use a North Carolina show. I got the university to fund it. Yeah. So my plan now is I'm going to go to Texas A&M, which hosts this annual brisket camp. Yeah. Very exclusive brisket camp, right? Yeah. Where <laughs> you think brisket camp, right? right? But like the top pit masters go. There. I got in this year oh, because nice. a buddy of mine pulled some strings for the show, Bark and Char. And I'm going to go participate. So now I'm going to talk to that university and I want to do a series on Texas style barbecue under that title of that show. See, so again, I'm already leveraging wow. one thing yeah. to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Because if you can't look, if you got a nine to five mm. and you love the nine to five life, hey, and there are people out there, God bless them. They can do it. I just couldn't do that. I've yeah. done it. Believe me, I've worked everywhere from Panda Express as a marketing rep to a banker at Bank of America, man. I've done it all. And it just wasn't for me. So you got to be honest with yourself. But mind you, if you have responsibilities, like I tell my 20 year old, get your footing first before you can take that next step or if you're mountain climbing or whatever, get your footing before you next do you reach up. Mm-hmm. So I through my 20s, through my 30s, had to get my footing, had to make sure I had at least a stable income for my kids, health insurance, yeah. 
And then mind you, when I brought up my wife earlier, you know, and then I, I met this awesome woman who just loved me and supported me, wasn't trying to change me in the sense of like, go get a regular job. She knew what she was marrying. Right. Yeah. And she supported me every way. So mind you, you know, she has her career and everything. And again, important for me as como hombre to bring yeah. in the bread. So I work my ass off every month to try. Okay. I need to know that I need, I'm bringing income. So I'm average leveraging one thing to the next thing. So it may not pay off this month, but then. I maybe didn't have income for a month or two, but then by month three, I just made six months worth of income coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to constantly be working. Being out, of, I'm not. I tell people I'm on. You know, I'm self-employed. I had a buddy tell me, right? He goes, "That's another word for unemployed." No, I'm like self-employed, bro, because I work harder than you. Yeah. You go in and collect a paycheck. I create my paycheck. Yeah. Right. So again, but if you're not passionate about it, then it's not for everybody. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not. So. I can't say that it's my life is better than others. It's just, it just depends on what I think I said this earlier. It's like, you you need to know when to ring the bell. Yeah. When you feel you've succeeded or you're succeeding. And for me, I may not be making these big Hollywood movies and things like that, but I'm providing for my family and doing what I love. You know, Nosotros is a big part of my life, you know, that organization. And then now with the barbecue too, yeah. you know, I'm still figuring that out. I really right. don't know what I'm going to do with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm building yeah. another the smoker. Am I going to maybe one day have a restaurant? You know, I don't know. You don't know. But that's the beautiful thing about it, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, you're having fun. Yeah. You know, you're having fun. You're doing what you love to do. Yeah. Everything's still working out for you right now. Like yeah. you said, you're creating your own paycheck. You're yeah. working harder than the other guy. I know? would think so. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Who's to say you're doing wrong? Exactly. You know? who, and who's who am I to say that they're doing wrong? Right. It's just you, you, you. I'm not one for these are the cards you were dealt in life. I hate that statement because I've been told that before. Because I think ultimately at the end of the day, we still have, a, we could still decide on which direction our life is going to go. But again, it always goes back to that faith without action has no plan. You can dream and daydream and daydream all day long. But if you don't have, if you don't take the action towards something. And this is one thing I try to tell my son. Um, you know, who has big dreams and stuff like that. And I tell him, I go, you know, you're young, you're 20, you know, take the time now, but do something. Yeah. And it's okay if you fail at it. Actually, it's better if you fail. Yeah. It's better if you fail three or four times because I failed so much in my life, dude, seriously, that I think the, the secret to my success was my failure. I should write a book called that. <laughs> I should write a book called The Secret to My Success. Failure. Yeah, I don't think it's over yet. I think you still got some time to go. <laughs> no, I mean, again, I think no, man. I, seriously, like, like you're, you are, like, I've always said this before. Like, people, like, we're, we're writing our own book. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. We write, every every time we live our life, we like, we write, we're writing chapters and chapters and chapters. Mm -hmm. Our book doesn't end until we end. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, there's always that that book is always open until yeah. we're done. Yeah. Until you're until that final chapter's written. And even then, and even then, it's what are you really living life for? Like, you know, we've talked about like the material things and, you know, and the likes and, the, you know, and so-and-so is driving this and so-and-so is driving that. You know, I just shared with you today, like yesterday, I finally, for the first time ever, bought a car that I wanted. It wasn't yeah. one that I had to settle for. It right. wasn't because I didn't qualify for the payment or I didn't qualify for the credit. I bought the car that I wanted. Yeah. Right. So, for me, that's satisfaction, but it's getting material, but it's still a satisfaction to say, okay, my kids are going to know this car. You know what I mean? They're going to know that daddy got this truck, right? Yeah. And they're happy and, and, and spending time with my kids in this truck. You know what I mean? Those are the things that I live for knowing that my kids are going to have that memory. You know, we, you have kids too. So you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So you're right. We're still writing our chapter every day. I don't, success is measured by the, for me, and I'm, I'm trying to 
say something deep here and maybe it's not going to come out deep at all. <laughs> but I think for me, I it, think success is measured by the inner peace you have yeah. with yourself. It's a happiness. I think that's it, it's right? A, it's a happiness. You know, if, if you lived a miserable life, you're going to... La gonna, mala vida? Yeah, la mala vida. If some people you know? like it. Some it's, people are not happy unless they have a fuchi face on yeah, their face. right. And I know some, I grew, I dated women like that. Yeah. Like they were just like, yeah. I was like, you know what I mean? Before I met my, and I think about it, I'm like, damn, did I dodge bullets? All these chicken heads that I avoided. <laughs> it's true. And I'm, really, believe me, there's particularly one out there that, <laughs> you know what I mean? No I'm, names. No names. Um, <laughs> as, as you reach for your drink. But I'm just thinking, man, it's just that they weren't happy or content. And I'm just thinking, man, did I dodge a bullet? You know, yeah. and it's just like la mala vida, and, and it's true. I used to be one that, but when things were my, when I was dating my my wife, like it was too things were too okay. Yeah, like I'm not used to this. <laughs> like, why aren't you bitching at me? Why aren't yeah. you? Come? I'm not saying that we don't have our arguments or our disagreements, right. but nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that right now. I'm the problem. Yeah, I'm, yeah. At, I'm at fault yeah. because it's like it's. I'm so used to things, and I think I said this earlier. It's like, is it until I realize like you have to choose to be happy? If you're yeah. not happy, there might be external factors of why you're not happy, and then you have to do something about that right. bad relationship, blah blah blah, whatever. But sometimes the simple changes is you. You're mm -hmm. so used to being in la mala vida that you don't realize like crap. But I got nothing to be mad about right oh, now. Yeah. And I think about it, man, and I don't. Yeah. I don't. And I can be and I can have a bad day. And I come home and I remind myself, don't bring my bad day inside anymore. Because everything in that house is perfect. You know, and it may seem like settling, oh, is that that's what people have to tell themselves yeah. to get past their misery or their settling in life? And no, 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 no. It's your reality is your reality. Yeah. And for me, that's what it is. It's I have to I choose to be happy. I have to choose to be yeah. happy every day. Well, we talked about it earlier. It's it's uh when, when you start talking when you're when you're too much infused into your 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 faults, mm -hmm. that's not good for you. I mean, you acknowledge your faults because that's how you learn. You know, you learn from your mistakes. Exactly. We I, we teach our kids that all the time, right? You learn from your mistakes, but there doesn't mean that you do, you don't celebrate your successes. You know, exactly. Like, acknowledge those too. Acknowledge those more. Ring than the your bell. Failures. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Oh, Ring the bell. You know what I mean? We should put a bell in here, bro. Bing, bing. I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna do a bell. Bing, 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 bing. Oh, right here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. No, no seriously. I mean, it makes sense, hundred percent. Because if you're not acknowledging those, then then you, you're just gonna keep getting stuck in this wormhole. And those are those trying. people. Have you? You? We all know those people that you know they're miserable. The wonk, wonk, wonk. You know people. And I'm not saying don't have those people in your life because you need to be in those people's. You need to be in those people's lives because you need to be the positive factor in those lives. But you have to be the voice of saying, hey, you have a lot to be thankful for. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Like I have a man, there's so much regret. We all have regret. And they be like, oh, I live without regret. No, we all have it. Yeah. You may not worry about it now, but at some point in your life, it's going to boil up and explode. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of regret in my life. I admit it. I carry it with a badge. Like I know there are things that I've done, things I've said, people I've hurt, mistakes I've made. But either I carry those things with me as a constant reminder to tell me I'm a failure or that tell me, hey, I can be better. Yeah, I can be better. I want to be better and I will be better. And though that's what I've learned to make those regrets be for me. Fuel for that. 
not for the opposite yeah. of bringing me down every day. Mm-hmm. And man, and I know it sounds like freaking new age Zen BS talk. And I know it sounds cliche, but it can honestly be that simple and even better and even easier when you put your identity in something else. Yeah. And my identity is not me being a producer. It's not me being a pit master. It's not me being president of nosotros. I put for, for first and foremost, my identity in Christ. Yeah. And that is what, as a day that even to this morning, I was driving to get my car serviced um, to get something done to it today. I was driving. I was just like being thankful, like here, yeah, you know, just being, being living in moments of attitude of gratitude. Yeah. And that's it. And it gets me through the day, you know, mm-hmm. as sappy as that sounds. <laughs> no, you know, yeah. it, you know, it may sound sappy, but it's mm-hmm. true. I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, you, you got to do that. You know, it's, it's, it's being positive. You know, that negativity stuff doesn't, doesn't help anybody out. No, it's only good. Negativity is only good. So you can correct it. Yeah. For positive, you know, yeah, that's exactly. the only reason why it's good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's, that's exactly right. The only good use for negative stuff in your life is that you turn it into a positive. That's it. Cause they, I used to say, you know, life didn't turn out the way that I imagined it, but oh God, I used to have this cool little saying. I always try to come up with cool little sayings and I write them down. <laughs> so one day I'll be quoted hundred years from now. Like Joe Gonzalez once said, Joe Marilio Gonzalez. Joel. Joel. Joel Gonzalez. Joel Marilio Gonzalez said, um, but I used to say like life didn't turn out the way I imagined it, but it became the life I've always wanted. Yeah. I chain in the sense is like, it's never going to be how you picture it, but at the end, at the core of what I wanted, man, I just wanted, man. And I can be a romantic sap right now, but I've always worked, lived my heart on my shoulder, on my, uh, my heart on my sleeve. I just wanted, man, somebody that, that I love yeah. and somebody who loved me and I could trust Right. Cause I've been brokenhearted, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, and just know without a doubt that I'm with somebody who's just my counter opposite, but makes me better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I have that and, and I have that in my kids and I see the happiness in my children. I see the happiness and the projects I get to do and the, and the very few friends that I, that I consider friends or mm-hmm. people that I, I could talk to, right. you know? And I'm like, dude, it's like, it's seen, it's seen all of that as a positive, but I got to remind me the negative is what knowing how dark things could be is what makes me see how bright things are over here. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's important. 100 percent, sure. dude. Yeah. If we don't acknowledge that negative stuff, then we don't know if we're doing right. You know, like exactly. you don't, you, you can't compare, you know, you need that comparison, you know? Exactly. Uh, exactly. Same, same thing. I agree with you, man. 100%. 100%. I think that's the best way to end the show. Uh, yeah. Crave the Fast Life <laughs> on Amazon Prime. Um, I got no more, so he doesn't we're got done, no more. We're done. We're not filling up. So but, dude, I got to say, we'll end it this way, dude. Like, I'm proud that you keep doing this show. I'm yeah. glad that you took it to your own format. Oh, yeah. And, like, man, like, for seriously, I think if anything, if, if the people that continue to listen to you, they listen to you because you're passionate and you're genuine about doing it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's ultimately all that we really have to offer is our real selves. Yeah. And people are either going to accept you or they're not. And the ones that don't, they're missing out. Yeah. Or they're not. Or, or they're it's not. just not it's not for them. It's not for them. You know because I, it's I'm, not their brand it's of not whiskey. Their brand of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> or cigar. Or cigar, exactly. <laughs> and at that note, that's, yeah. that's it, man. Uh, All right. Create the fast life. Uh, 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 Riding Faith on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, and then My Brother's Keeper next uh, next hopefully in January with 
theaters uh, distribution gets back up and running yeah right? so america's uh top dog america's top dog i don't know exactly when that comes but that, out you had to look it up for uh, any right any &E, &E, yeah, uh, yeah. &E special and right then there. my docuseries i'm gonna i'm in development now Can't so that, for that that'll be probably i'm probably not gonna really get into the full shooting of that until march yeah when things kind of get better and who knows what this election turns out to be like yeah. Um, but that'll be something next year, man. But I'll be, uh, but I'll be right here talking to you about it when it's out. There you go. If you need a taster, let me know. Hey, yes, I'll, I'll be. I'll, I'll fly out there. I'll <laughs> yeah, taste yeah. it. You know, I'll fly like... you out first class, <laughs> put you up in a hotel, there you and go. just make sure that you're taken care of. That's all, we're <laughs> that's all we're talking about. That's how we do it here. Talking again podcast. This is Fidel Avendano Jr. signing off here, or actually, I should say, tapping out the show tapping with. Out. Joel Gonzalez Gonzalez of right, November 15th at Old Sun Brewery. That's right. Tennis Craft Barbecue. Tennis Craft Barbecue, baby. All right. We're out of here. Take care. Bye. We're talking again. We're talking again. Now tuned dead to the tap in. Now tuned dead to the tap in. Now tuned dead to the tap in. We're talking again. We're talking again. Come on. Live.